In an exclusive that Family First published over the weekend, we've revealed documentation that shows that Biden's US State Department is launching a global campaign against pro-life and family groups, including New Zealand. But that it's not the only action to target such groups. The Christchurch call is also being used to ram down certain ideologies and to silence dissenters, especially real dangerous people like trad wives, you know, stay home mums who are married. They're coming for you. Let's check it out. So the US State Department has just published an equity action report last week with plans to combat what it dubbed regressive anti-rights movements. The open-ended catch-all, of course, is a technical term for pro-life and pro-family organisations. And the Biden administration plans to investigate, intimidate and silence opponents who hold socially conservative viewpoints on issues such as abortion, gender ideology, and LGBTQ++, etc. Here's the video promo. Equity is a national security challenge. It impacts every facet of society in every country across the globe. The systemic exclusion of historically marginalized and vulnerable groups from full participation in economic, social, and civic life can foment corruption, migration, distrust, and empower authoritarian regimes. That is why the State Department is launching an equity action plan. It's a roadmap to decreasing barriers to equity worldwide through our foreign affairs work. The United States is committed to rooting its foreign policy in equity and inclusion so that individuals are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at state.gov. Yeah, equity and inclusion. Watch those buzzwords. Now, the Biden plan instructs the State Department to consult and partner with foreign governments, multilateral and regional organizations, and civil society through events, statements, and institutional mechanisms like the Istanbul Process 1618 to combat the rise in global anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, religiously, racially, and ethnically motivated violent homophobia, and transphobia, and other regressive anti-rights movements. Now, on a side note, you'll see there that they also want to combat global anti-Semitism which is an excellent goal, but perhaps rather than global, the US could start in their own backyard, particularly amongst academia, universities and media, and some politicians who have disturbingly shown their abundance of anti-Semitism in the past few months. But back to our original statement, the, the State Department's plan includes specific metrics to measure progress against such anti-rights movements. And one of the metrics is the number of new agreements with other countries or through the United Nations to address the role of technology in anti-rights movements. And another metric includes monitoring and tracking data on and mapping of transnational financial and advocacy activities of anti-rights groups and movements to better inform targeted interventions and engagement. 
In other words, using social media and other internet companies to shut down dissenting views. The plan also establishes a women's leadership network composed of feminist activists and journalists to better understand, safely identify and counter pushback on gender equality with guidance for department personnel on inclusive consultations. Now, what is significant is that New Zealand is specifically mentioned in the document. Under the heading Advanced Racial Equity and Justice Globally, one of the actions is release a US-New Zealand bilateral statement on Indigenous issues as part of the 2024 US-New Zealand Strategic Dialogue, which will outline cooperation for addressing challenges and opportunities for Indigenous communities. So this document definitely encompasses New Zealand. But this document should come as no surprise because the Free Speech Union has already alerted us to the Christchurch call, which remember was in response to that horrific mosque attack in Christchurch. But the Christchurch call is becoming a threat to free speech. There has been significant mission creep in what was the worthy work of the Christchurch call. Uh, and Jacinda Ardern and French President Emmanuel Macron held the latest meeting in Paris last November. And in the statement, at the end of the Paris meeting, the leaders endorsed a number of actions including counteract online misogyny and anti-LGBTQIA plus hatred as a vector for violent extremism. Now, look, we all abhor the violent terrorist attack on the Christchurch mosques that took place in March 2019. But the last time I checked, this attack wasn't based on misogyny, and it wasn't based on anti-LGBTQ, etc. It was based on an unhinged person who had too easily gained access to weapons, which he never should have had, and a hate so visceral and warped that he took out his violent views in an act of terrorism we never want to see again. Now, the Christchurch call has drawn attention to the problem of dissemination of extreme and terrorist content online and the need for internet-based organisations to be part of the solution. But as retired judge Dr David Harvey has noted, there is mission creep in the work of the Christchurch call, and he was already sounding alarm bells at the end of 2022. Uh, and he says, As an example of the issue of mission creep, the scope of the areas of concern for the call are expanding to include algorithms, radicalisation and gender. The targets of extremism have been expanded to women, LGBTQIA plus communities, youth and intersectional communities, quite a reach beyond the terrorist lone wolf shooter or bomber and a clear indication that what the call is really about is hate speech, or their definition of hate speech. And Dr Harvey continues, he says, clearly the call methodologies and approach are intended to expand to other areas and issues that are distinct and separate from the central goal of terrorism and extremist content that advocates violence. Now, what's concerning is the Christchurch call seems to be seeking to oppose and suppress ideological views of some people, such as those who are gender critical, and reject that individuals can change their sex. But here's the real concern. As part of the statement last year from Paris, they said, leaders welcomed the report on misogynistic pathways to radicalization, recommended measures for platforms to assess and mitigate online 
gender-based violence. And it was prepared by the Institute for Strategic Dialogue in association with the Christchurch Call. And this formed a key part of their new strategy. strategy. Now this report, this report is a doozy. And you will probably recognise parts of it. Let's just check a couple of excerpts. This bit says, misogyny operates to uphold a patriarchal social order. This is the definition of misogyny. It works to justify violence if these norms are deviated from. Misogyny includes what might be considered a type of deeply held prejudice towards women and marginalised gender identities and intersects closely with racism, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, ableism and anti-LGBTQ plus hate. Misogyny therefore, thereby operates alongside other intersecting forms of discrimination, including misogyny targeted at trans women, which is trans misogyny. Uh, classic critical theory there. It goes on to say, part of the white genocide conspiracy theory, there are connections between anti-Semitic tropes and anti-LGBTQ plus fear-mongering, including gender-based hate speech. The Anti-Defamation League asserts that the alleged targeted promotion of LGBTQ plus identities and relationships is seen as a key element of Jews' attempts to reduce reproduction rates amongst straight cisgender white people. Um, who would have thought? Anti-LGBTQ plus tropes labelling the community as pedophiles or groomers often converge with the anti-Semitic canard that Jews prey upon non-Jews, especially non-Jewish children. This observed confluence of anti-Semitism, misogyny and anti-LGBTQ plus hate is perpetuated by a wide range of extremists with different ideological backgrounds. Whew, man. I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted just reading that. But it continues, uh, and here's, here's the best bit. Structural gender inequality and gender norms can also lead to internalised misogyny. An extreme example is the emergence of tradwives as an influential online community showcasing the reinforcing elements of far-right ideology. Christian nationalism, white supremacy, and patriarchal gender norms. Trad wives embrace a highly heteronormative rendition of the wife and mother role, in opposition to feminism, reproductive rights, i.e. abortion, LGBTQIA plus rights, and gender equality. Researchers highlight that trad wives use their presence on social media to offer a powerful female in-group association, and successfully infiltrated mainstream social media with their anti-globalist, anti-modern approach to life. Now, <laughs> remember, they define misogyny as deeply held prejudice towards women. Well, you won't get a more bigoted paragraph than that one I just read. So it's just certain women they want to protect. And I think it's mainly men who think they're women that they want to protect. Uh, it also says this, anti-drag and anti-LGBTQ plus activities, for example, are not limited to fringe groups, but have become a unifying concern for the far right, as well as localised activists, including certain parents' rights groups, anti-vaccine or anti-lockdown groups, and Christian nationalists. Uh, and further down there, it says, you know, it's become a particular concern for prominent women. 
um, that that anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric, a particular concern for prominent women who often found themselves on the receiving end of coordinated harassment. Um, yeah, they will be talking about Posey Parker, won't they? Oh, wait, hang on, no, she's actually a woman. Uh, and then, of course, they talk about the importance of abortion, threats to reproductive health, misinformation about abortion and reproductive rights can cause gendered harm as it undermines access to correct information about healthcare and promotes unsafe alternatives or unproven medication. See, this is the basis of the Christchurch call now. The Christchurch call is now working to prevent gender-based extremism, including anti-LGBTQI+, by targeting gender-based hatred and calling out the dangers of trad wives. Now, that's those who hold a traditional view of wives as mothers and homemakers, maybe stay-home mums, you know, parents focusing on raising children. A woman who believes in marriage. <laughs> I know, shock, horror. And I know you're thinking, this all sounds familiar. Where have I, where have I heard this before? Ah, it's my favourite clip. The head of the Disinformation Project in New Zealand, who appeared on that government-funded programme on TVNZ called Web of Chaos, where there was that explanation of how certain people, gullible people, become conspiracy theorists and purveyors of disinformation. You want me to show it again? I know you want me to. You can draw people in in lots of different places. And each of the platforms are used in different ways. Hello, friends. As you can see, I'm working on my wimpy back. What is known internationally as the kind of trad wife set of viewpoints, which is white Christian, a lot of pseudo-Celtic, pseudo-Nordic ideologies behind it. They use Pinterest and Instagram to draw in other women who are interested in interior design, children's clothing, knitting, healthy food for children. And it does draw people in towards a set of white nationalist ideas. I mean, it's relatively easy to see. If you see a very beautiful, fair-skinned, blonde or red-haired child with beautiful braiding in her hair and some flowers, just step back a little bit. <laughs> just step back. And look, New Zealand's uh, print is all over this drift of the Christchurch call. If you look at the uh, authors of the working group who wrote this special analysis for the Paris conference, there's three people there from the Christchurch call, which is based within the Department of the Prime Minister and Cabinet in New Zealand. And there's even a representative from the Ministry for Women. Now, obviously she isn't on Pinterest and doesn't braid her blonde daughters here. And then just finally, I, over the weekend, I was alerted to the United States Aotearoa New Zealand joint statement when President Biden hosted Jacinda Ardern in May 2022, when she was still Prime Minister. And under the heading 21st Century Challenges, it says this, online and offline, we will advance the rights of all people in our societies, including women, minorities and indigenous peoples. 
We share a fervent commitment to gender equity and equality. We recognise that online harassment and abuse, particularly when targeted at women activists, journalists and political figures, undermines the strength of democracies. Look, let's be quite clear on all of these things. If you hold certain views on gender ideology, same-sex marriage, LGBT issues, you have biblical ethics around sex and beliefs around that, you oppose abortion, protecting children from chemicalization and castration because of gender confusion, you believe that only women can be women, only women can get pregnant, and that a man cannot be a woman. The Christchurch call and the US State Department under Biden are now interested in you and what you're saying and posting online. The threats to freedom of religious belief and to social conservatives are now not just a domestic local threat, but even President Biden's US State Department wants to indoctrinate us. Now, you may not be surprised by any of these developments, but you should be very alert to how it's quickly picking up pace and how open they're being about their agenda. And you now probably understand why the media and leftists hate Elon Musk and X, which was formerly Twitter, because it's the only platform that isn't bowing to this woke nonsense.